Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to the Great Scott Podcast. Today, I am joined by legendary actor, singer, writer, producer, director. Uh, this guy does it all, pretty much. Mr. John Schneider. Wow. Well, thanks. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How How have you managed to, to do all that? Well, you just... The longer you're around, the more stuff you do, I wouldn't think. But, yeah. Uh, I just uh, I enjoy I enjoy all aspects of, of what I've been fortunate enough to be able to do all these years and uh, can't get enough of it. So eventually you uh, you move on to something else, right? You move on from, from one to the other. And uh, like I said, I enjoy every minute of all of it. And right now, music is taking up I'd say ninety percent of our time, and uh, it's great. I'm on the road right now. Well, speaking of speaking of uh, your uh, one of your current projects I did about a year ago, it was about uh, Dancing with the Stars. Right. You were uh, you were with uh, partner with Emma Slater, and uh, unfortunately you got eliminated on the seventh week. But uh, were you happy with the overall results about what happened, or looking back, do you think that you could have done something better that would have kept you there longer? I don't know. Considering who won, I think I would have had to have been worse to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know quite what happened there. I think it was great. I had a wonderful time with it. Uh, personally, I think that uh, that uh, Milo should have won. Absolutely, hands down, I think Milo should have won. I think the world will be a better place with more Milo in it. Absolutely. And uh, as much fun as he was to watch flounder around on stage, I think that... that uh, the most amazing thing is not that that, uh, that Bobby lasted past the first week. Yeah. yeah let alone let alone that he won. But uh, for me, Milo was the Milo was the sure winner. So I'm not I'm not sure what happened there. I'm not sure how uh, how that was arrived at. But it it uh, I think I lasted as long as I possibly could. I think I think uh, seven weeks was fantastic. And it was a great experience, a wonderful opportunity. And uh, I do think Milo got, I think Milo got shafted. I, I, I think so. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you there. Um, after watching it, I think that he was clearly, clearly the guy that that should have won it. So I, I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Juan Pablo was so great too. And uh, there were so many people. I mean, I, I think honestly, the 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 least deserving contestant won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes that's how it goes in some of these seasons. Yeah, well, they they've uh, they only did one season after that. So, you know, they're only doing this season. Usually, they do two. So, apparently, some damage was done by that decision. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we'll see. I'm excited to watch it. I mean, I I had never watched it before, but I'll tell you what, I'll watch it now because it's a very uh, it's a grueling experience. Yeah, that's what I, I've heard. Uh, I think uh, I lost 26 pounds. I think uh, Demarcus. I think he lost closer to 30 pounds. Yeah, uh, it's it's really really something. So uh, I enjoyed it, and uh, I would recommend that that uh, if if anyone who's listening is an athlete or someone who may get asked to do that show, absolutely go do it. It's a, it's an experience you'll never forget. Now, were you uh, were you kind of a, a dancer beforehand before you ever got asked to do the show? No, no, no. I've done Broadway and I've done, you know, I've done a lot of musical theater in my day, but I'm usually the guy that stands there and sings. 
Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, it was what they say is, well, you know, he moves well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you're not a dancer, but you 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 uh, you're good at staying out of the dancer's way. <laughs> and I would say I would say that that's what what I was. But I tell you, Emma turned me into a real solid dancer during the time we were doing that show. Um, I was I look back at the YouTube videos that are on my YouTube channel, and I look and I think, oh my God, I can't believe that's even me. <laughs> so uh, it was great. It was great. So uh, there's it something great, Scott. It was great, Scott. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so there's uh, something else I wanted to ask you about. Um, you're also a, a man of uh, deep faith, and uh, that's thanks to another gentleman who I think we're all familiar with, uh, Mr. Johnny Cap. Um, I know yeah. that. Yeah. You, well, I, go ahead. Well, keep going. Yeah. So uh, you, you used to live uh, in the same building with Mr. Cash, and um, there was a conversation you guys had one night uh, that you had asked about uh, being a Christian. Can you tell us about that conversation and what, what ensued about that? Well, I, I did. I lived with John and Jim for a year and a half. And uh, that has kind of been, it's, legend has turned it into something that it really, it wasn't. Okay. Because I was a I was a Christian when I met John, but I was uh, I would say a bit on the fence. And what I what I love to say about Johnny Cash is Johnny Cash was I would say the first Christian I met that wasn't trying to be nicer than Jesus. Well, that's that's you know, a yeah. real a real guy. Not someone who was pretending that everything was wonderful and, oh, look at the lovely flowers and the puffy clouds and you know, I'm going to put on a powder blue sweater and let's all go to lunch. You know, I had been surrounded by uh, nicer than, well, trying, let's put it that way, trying to be nicer than Jesus Christians for about a year and a half. So I, I would say that if I hadn't worked with and then and then become really good friends with Johnny Cash, I might have... I might have thrown the Christianity thing out the door because it was ringing untrue. Yeah. Uh, but then I saw John, and you know, you talk about uh, talk about somebody who who was full of history and full of baggage, but believes in Jesus and is working as hard as they can to be a better man, uh, but making no pretense about where he'd been or where where he may go again. So he was an honest Christian. Absolutely. Uh, and and uh, I think if folks who are listening are honest with themselves, they'll they'll probably say that a lot of folks aren't. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of times we're not even honest with ourselves. You know, we're like people say, "How are you?" It's, oh, I'm just great, brother. How are you? Well, come on. Yeah. Are you? You know, it's okay to say. Rather than, you know, the obligatory, blessed, 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 how are you? You could say, you know, I'm having a crappy day. <laughs> right. And I need, I need prayer right now, or I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go punch somebody. You know, it's okay to be that Christian. And for me, that's, uh, it's preferred. And that's what I saw in Johnny Cash. I saw in Johnny Cash a man who was not uh, afraid to be a man 
who was a Christian, a flawed, scarred man who was also a Christian. And that changed my life. Now, you said that you were... It wasn't so much a conversation. It was a, it was an example that he gave. You know, so you... the example of, of the man in black was, was an amazing example. I, I actually... Yeah. Uh... I actually got to talk to Thomas Gabriel Cash, uh, his grandson, and uh, I know that that you're you're good friends with him, and because um, we we had mentioned your name about how Johnny Cash uh, had talked to you about uh, uh, Christianity and and Jesus Christ, um, and and that particularly in general. Yeah, and you know, it, it, there's a lesson to learn here: is is uh, it's your actions. It's your actions that speak much louder than your words. I mean, we've heard that cliche so many times, but it's true. And with John, it was his actions uh, that spoke to me very, very clearly, and still do. You know, when I get uh, when I get out of line, I think of Johnny Cash. You know, what would what would JC do? What would Johnny Cash do? What would Johnny Cash do? Yeah. And uh, you know, and it might be it might be count to ten and mutter some things you don't want to hear under his breath, and that's okay. You know, so uh, right. yeah, it's great. We, I, I played uh, their their uh, wonderful theater in Monaco uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, love love still being a part of the family. I talk to John Carter a lot, and. Uh, it's uh, it's really great. What a wonderful a wonderful memory I have. A whole slew of memories I have. Not only hanging out with, but really truly having having Johnny Cash as my best friend. Well, I hope that you do write a book about all the experiences that you've had with Johnny one day. I think I will. Now that you said that, I think I will. Uh, we just uh, I'm finishing up a book we're, we're trying to release before the end of the year here here called My Life My Way, and there'll be there'll be some John in it, but I think there should be a, I think I think my my time with John and June really deserves a whole a whole book if if at very least a whole chapter in a book so right. that would be great. So I I would be remiss if I did not ask you about the Dukes of Hazard. And okay. uh, yeah, <laughs> so uh, you were you were 17 at the time when you when you uh, got the role, and um, so well now again again <laughs> time has changed that a little bit too. I actually was 18. Now the only 18. reason I I even I know, but for some reason it uh, the uh, the world has started to say 17. But the reason I pointed out is at 17 I was. I would have uh, I would have been illegal. They wouldn't have been able to hire me. Oh, so yeah. there's a yeah. whole lot of things, and that's just not true. I was uh, I was 18, um, and already out of high school. I, I graduated from high school a year early, summer school two years in a row, so that I could pursue uh, the acting career. Um, so I was uh, for, for those lawyers out there listening. I was taxpaying, working, and Warner Brothers did nothing wrong when they hired me. <laughs> that's good. That, that that's good, Mr. Snyder. I'm glad that you put that in there. So uh, gotta tell it. Gotta tell it like it is. Right, right. So now, are you still? Uh, are you pretty close with the cast still? Do you still see Tom Wopat and uh, Daisy Duke and all that? I do. I see Tom quite a bit. I haven't seen Catherine in a while, but uh, I do see Tom. Um, I see Sonny every now and again. I just uh, had Byron, Byron Cherry, who was um, coy, one of the one of the replacement Dukes. 
uh, who actually I've known Byron since long before Dukes of Hazard, but um, I saw him. He was in our movie we just finished called Christmas Cars, which is a uh, kind of a tribute to Dukes. Um, it's very much like Dukes in its in its uh, story and its content and its feel. But uh, the rest of the folks, you know, we've lost a bunch of a bunch of folks. We lost right. our dear Jimmy Best. We lost Denver Pyle. Um, Sorrel Book early, early on. We lost Sorrel. And um, our our fantastic Lulu Hogg, Peggy Ray, we lost her. So it's uh, they're getting to be fewer and fewer. Don Pedro Coley, Sheriff Little. Um, so when we have the opportunity, we try to uh, we try to hang out. Um, I do an event every year called Bo's Extravaganza. Alicia and I have done this now for, uh, we've done two years, so we're excited about doing the next one. And that's for my birthday, which is April 8th. So, uh, so the weekend before April 8th, I think it's the 4th and 5th next year, um, we're going to have our, our big event. And hopefully, uh, Tom has come to the, to the last two. Hopefully, Catherine's schedule will clear up and she'll be able to come. It'll be great to see her there, too. Um, my friends from the haves and have nots have come a lot, so that's been great. And and that's the show that I do, a Tyler Perry show on the Oprah Winfrey Network. I've been doing for the last five, no, actually seven, seven years, believe it or not. Seven, wow. Yeah, seven years so, on that one. So, uh, yeah, that's that's something else I was going to uh, plug for you, that you're on uh, the haves and, and have nots on the uh, OWN Network, so... Yeah. Yep. So uh, great. So they also came out with a Dukes of Hazard movie back in 2005. Uh, did you Did you enjoy that? Did Did you see that? Not a bit. No. Not a bit. It was awful. No, did not enjoy that at all. It was an insult, I think, to all things Dukes of Hazard, and uh, should be should be shelved, uh, which I think it was. I don't think I don't think uh, that movie did very well in the in the world of our, our wonderful Dukes and Hazard fans, I think they kind of unilaterally said, no, we don't, we don't like this. Um, so Did that's they... one of the reasons why we made, uh, we made Christmas cars. Oh, okay. because, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a way there's a, there's a feel, there's a tempo, there's uh there's something about Dukes that, you know, unless you were there, um, you wouldn't realize was necessary. Uh, and the folks that made the, uh, the, that Dukes of Hazard movie just missed it on so many levels. I mean, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't fun. It wasn't noble. It wasn't, uh, uh, it was, it was just kind of, uh, like jackass humor. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I've, I have nothing against jackass humor, I, but but it did not belong in the Dukes of Hazard, I don't believe. Yeah. Um, so I think they they really totally missed the point and missed uh, missed the feel of the Dukes. So oh well. So before the- actually that year I put out a movie. I put out a movie that, that year. Well, right after that I did a movie called Collier and Company. Uh, 
which was, again, it was something that was my kind of my answer to what the Dukes of Hazard should be. And that movie has done really well uh, over the years. Um, it's available on DVD. It's available on uh, uh, for download. And so, so, so that when, one was very enjoyable. So when they decided to make that movie, did they offer uh, any of the original cast parts before they went and shot it? Oh, yeah, little terrible roles, you know, little cameos. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it was uh, really rather insulting what they offered the cast. Yeah. So, so nobody did it, but we read it anyway. If they had offered us the lead roles in it, we read it, and it was really a, uh, it was really, like I said, kind of an insult, an insult to, uh, to Dukes and Hazard, not a tribute. No, there's a difference. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, something else I want to get to is that um, you uh, run a foundation called the Children's Miracle Network. And um, talk a little bit about that, because I know you're with uh, Marie Osmond and uh, her, her brothers, right? Well, uh, the brothers the brothers come in and do, gosh, it's been 37 years. Uh, the brothers have not had a whole lot to do with it, you know, because they've had their own their own, uh, gosh, they've been on the road for my whole life. It's the most working, working showbiz family. I think, uh, when you boil it all down, I think the Osmonds have been working longer than any family ever. But, uh, Marie and I are the ones that have been involved with the with Children's Miracle Network all this time. And, uh, we raise money for children's hospitals, um, all throughout the United States and Canada. And we, about 25 years ago, I think it was, uh, we became the largest children's charity on the planet. And we have to date raised 7.7 billion, that's with a B, 7.7 billion dollars for children's hospitals throughout the U.S. and Canada. So it's, uh, it's pretty spectacular. So uh, how have most of your uh, donations come in? Do you send out like flyers to that and people will just uh, donate to the cause? No, 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 no. We have, uh, we have corporate sponsors all throughout the, the U S and Canada. We have uh, a great presence in Walmart stores and in uh, Rite Aid stores and Dairy Queen and uh, a oh. bunch of our Marriott, our corporate sponsors. So uh, we don't, we don't, raise money in one particular spot. We help all of our associates raise money in their areas. So uh, however they want to do it, sometimes it's bake sales, sometimes it's uh, with our um, our uh, Remax Realtor, they do, uh, they have miracle homes that they sell. So everybody is, everybody is free to come up with whatever, whatever kind of, uh, uh, fundraising idea they want and run with it. But the key is all the money stays locally. Uh, whatever whatever money is raised, wherever anyone happens to be, the money goes to their local children's hospital. And that's uh, that sets us apart. Uh, every other fundraising organization raises money and then, and then uh, takes the money and puts it in one centralized location. And then there's a, a group of people who decide where the money goes. We're not that. Uh, we raise money for you and your in your community. That money goes directly to the hospital, and the hospital determines where that's going to be spent. Well, thank you, thank you for doing that, and uh, I definitely appreciate uh, what you oh, guys yeah. do for that. Yeah. 
So, I love it. I love it, love it. So uh, to go along with all the other projects that you're currently uh, doing, you'll have a new CD coming out called Recycling Grace. Recycling Grace, yes. That's going to be out in, uh, when is it? September 15th. September 15th. So excited about that. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Very excited about that. And uh, we have uh, a couple of uh, really, well, there's, I think there's 12 songs on it, and they are phenomenal. Uh, one of them we redid, um, we call it House of Amazing Grace, and it's it's Amazing Grace done to the tune, uh, the chord structure of House of the Rising Sun. And it's uh, it's pretty spectacular. And there are four other gentlemen on there with me, so it's it's five five baritones singing, uh, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> singing on this song. Then we have uh, another amazing song Alicia found. It was from the 30s out of uh, New Orleans called Satan, Your Kingdom Must Come Down. Oh, I like that. Uh, which I think, yeah, I think people are really going to, uh, they're really going to appreciate that song. Um, a brand new kind of country, country song uh, called Stained Glass. Um, it's it's uh, written by a friend of ours named Jacob Lida, and it's about that uh, church that's been long abandoned, and it's been a long time since that old pine floor has seen a sitter's knee, but uh, the stained glass is still still bright right there in the back, and and uh, it's a beautiful beautiful song. So it's it's pretty it's pretty great, and uh, I'm very excited about it. We just um, we released a couple of the songs. Uh, Amazing Grace is out on Spotify and iTunes. Um, so if folks want to kick the tires, then please do. Just look up John Schneider, um, Recycling Grace, which is another song on the record called Recycling Grace. So look that up, and, and right now you'll uh, you'll be able to listen to a couple of singles. You won't be able to listen to the whole thing, but uh, you'll be able to listen to a couple of singles, and then the the whole ball of wax comes out on September 15th. Well, I cannot wait to to grab a copy myself. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really think you'll love it. We uh, we uh, we worked really hard, but I do believe that we were we were to a man, to a woman, inspired by <laughs> by the music that we did. And uh, I think Johnny Cash would love this record. Absolutely. So, John, I have one more question for you. Then I'll then I'll let you go. Sure. Uh, what and. Uh, and, and I do hope that you do come back sometime on, on my show um, and uh, tell us what all you've been up to ever since. But um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to get into uh, entertainment themselves? Well, jump in with both feet. Start doing local theater. Get a guitar. If you have one, play it. Play a piano. Um, find local auditions for, for any, anything that's happening uh, in your town, in your state. Um, if you're, if you're older, uh, move to where the work is. You know, we have this, the internet is an amazing tool. Now you can, you can, uh, Google search where, where the most movies or television shows are being done. And if you have the, if you have the time and the wherewithal, go there, go there and make your, make your passion known, but start, you know, a lot of people want some secret pill or some secret recipe. 
Uh, and none of it works if you don't start. So don't take no for an answer. Just go for it. <laughs> that's, that's Speaking of that, I want everybody who's listening right now to make sure that you get a hold of a copy of Christmas Cars. It comes out at johnschneiderstudios.com on what we call Orange Friday, uh, which is the Friday after Thanksgiving, but we call it Orange Friday in honor of the General Lee. So check it out, Christmas Cars. If you love Dukes of Hazard, I promise you will love, love, love Christmas Cars, and you'll see a couple of familiar faces in there as well. And you'll hear a lot of familiar names. We're, even, we're going to run a game about how many how many Dukes references you can find. In this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, John Schneider, thank you so much for coming on on my show, sir. You are so welcome. You have a wonderful day. God bless you, and, sir, uh, and uh, good luck with everything. God, God bless you, thank sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you back. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.